What is up, guys? Uh, my name is Vince Lobiondo. Uh, you may know me from from the Nosebleeds. You might be listening from over there. Uh, today, I'm joined by my co-host Michael Johnston. Say what's, what's up, Mike. guys. How you guys doing? And we are here to introduce and launch a podcast called From the Box Office. You know, a sister show to, to From the Nosebleeds. We got sports over there. We got entertainment over there. We're going to see where we're uh, going from here. But uh, anyway, we're going to come to you guys. We're just going to talk about movies, TV, pretty much, you know, anything else. Mike, you know, help me explain this here. What are we, what are we getting into? Yeah, bro. So we're going to do movie news. We're going uh, to review a movie once in a while. Uh, today we're going to review Avatar 2, The Way of Water. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to go over shows and movies that we've recently watched, plan on watching. Uh, occasionally we'll do a, a, a draft. Today we have a draft for you of uh, movies we're most excited for, for 2023, our most anticipated. Uh, then we'll rock out at the end. Uh, we'll do some DC fan casting. And then we'll close up with some recommendations, what to watch this weekend. This is the movie podcast and TV podcast you want to come listen to. If you're like not a true like you're not like the biggest film bro, like we're not gonna get into too much technical shit over here. Mm-hmm. We're just two real guys who just you know take in uh, movies and TV like not like like we're critics, critics, just like we're we're normal friggin' people. Yep, <laughs> we like some of the RT shit, but we also we're just nerds deep down. We love our Marvel DC. Oh yeah, we should probably let people love know our Star. We love our Star nerds. Wars or Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings, man, that's my next tattoo. So yeah, we are we are know. huge nerds. So the, let let that be known off the front. We will uh, simp for Marvel and Star Wars and all that bullshit. So if you like that, well, welcome. When we talk uh, about news, that's gonna be at the forefront of our bullet points. Absolutely. All right, Mike. So I guess you know that's a good recap for the people. Uh, let's get into it. Let's t- let's yeah. talk about what we're here to talk about today. Yeah, man. Let's get into some movie news, uh, some TV news. But first, we're gonna start off with a little get better soon, Jeremy Renner. Uh, as you might have seen, you know, he's in a pretty serious snowplow accident in uh, I think Reno, Nevada, or Henderson, Nevada. Dude, that was there. that was absolutely crazy. Like when it, the news yeah. like dropped on that, I was like. What the fuck? Like, I thought it was, like, a joke because of how, like, absolutely ridiculous the headline is. Like, Jeremy Renner, like, run over by a snowplower. Yeah. I thought it was a joke. Transported to hospital via a damn helicopter airlift. Uh, today Things he, were looking bad yeah, for him. It was looking bad. He was in pretty critical uh, condition, had a few surgeries. But today, uh, this morning before I left for work, I got a notification that he tweeted out a video with his sister and mom. Kind of like joking around. He was like, "Yeah, get in my first shower in a yeah. week and all that." That would have been sounds uh, like he's very depressing if we had lost uh, Jeremy Renner. So he's a legend. Thank, I, thank God. I can't tell you a bad Jeremy Renner performance. Even the movie Tag, he's by far the best part of Tag. Yeah, you gotta love Jeremy Renner. Social media mogul Jeremy Renner. Oh, of course, the Renner app. Gotta love it. <laughs> Doesn't get better. Uh, after that, uh, Dave Bautista. Says Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three is going to be his last MCU film. Uh, he, his exact quote: "I never wanted to be the next Rock. I just want to be a good fucking actor, a respected, yeah, so a respected actor." That might is that like a ricochet shot there? You know, <laughs> it could be because 
I mean, I mean, you look at The Rock, I wouldn't exactly call him an acting powerhouse. No, you know that meme or that joke on Twitter where that people like tweet under things about The Rock where it's like these are from four different movies and it's all him in like the same shirt in the jungle. Jumanji, Jumanji 2, <laughs> Jungle Cruise and Journey to the Center of the Earth. And uh, what's the one with the what's the one that's based off a video game with the big uh, gorilla? Oh, Rampage. Rampage. They're all the same movie on this. Skyscraper, San Andreas. Yeah. Like. He's the same character in everything. Then you throw Black Adam out there. So, like, Dave Bautista coming out with this is, like, on one hand, like, it's good. and one hand, it, like, sucks a little bit because obviously, like, yep. we're nerds. We love the Guardians. On and, one like, hand, it's like, yes, I love him in his in serious roles, like Blade Runner 2049. You love him in – it's even a little more serious in Glass Onion. Yeah. It's still a pretty comedic His performance role. at Glass Onion was great. We'll talk Incredible. about that later. But at the same time, you're like – Damn, this feels like Drax might die in this movie. And you you get the feeling that James Gunn said it's going to be the last ride with the Guardians. Someone's yeah. going to die. This makes well, you think it's going to be Drax. If it's Drax, I mean, I'm completely in like the belief that multiple of them are going to die, though. Because yeah. I think that this that is, is, is Rocket Rock is going to die. die. I agree. Like, that is coming. You know, the villain make, is like make. his creator, his whoever, uh, the high evolutionary uh yeah, I mean, yeah. in all his lines in the trailer, you know, saying, like, let's ride off into the sunset together and shots of him crying. Like, it's a very, like, rocket death-heavy uh, trailer. So if Drax mm -hmm. is also going to die, I mean, that is going to be an emotional-ass movie. Agreed. Agreed. Shout-out to Bradley Cooper, too. I feel like, you know, when we talk, but people he talk does not get him, enough yeah. love. People don't talk about him when it, like, comes to the great actors of the MCU. Mm -hmm. he, his voice performance as Rocket is, like, all-time. You see the behind the you see the behind the scenes of them at the round table and table readings, and it it's like when you listen to it, it's not oh that's Bradley Cooper, you know like no he is so with incredibly other actors, talented with other voice actors you're like oh I know who this is with Chris Pratt in the Mario movie you're like that's Chris Pratt with a slightly yeah. Brooklyn accent, <laughs> Rocket Raccoon it's crazy. Yeah, so, dude, Guardians 3 going to be crazy. But like you said, I, I am excited to see Dave Bautista in more serious roles because I, I definitely – listen, John Cena is pretty close. I feel like he has absolutely nailed it on the comedy. Like, he is oh, hilarious. Yeah. His timing is so Perfect. great. But, like, I feel like Bat Bautista has shown that he has more of, like, dramatic acting chops. And oh, yeah. like, I know that he's got that M. Night Shyamalan movie, uh, Knock at the Cabin or whatever it's called, coming up. Mm -hmm. And I know people are 50-50 on M. Night at this point, which, you know, deservedly so old sucked. But uh, maybe I'll check that out, you know, just to see what, like, Batista's going for. And I hope exactly. to see him take more, like, serious roles and take I mean, it seriously. Yeah, similar to the Blade Runner 2049. It was five minutes, but he knocked it out. Of Even his role in Dune was pretty great. Dune. I mean, I know it's yeah. limited, but, I mean, we'll he, see he him in great. Dune Chapter 2. Yeah, which but that might come we might up. Might get to that later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure we will. Uh, next, uh, Deborah Joe Rump. You might know her as Kitty from that '70s show. She was. Yep. On some more Marvel news, she's going to join Aubrey Plaza and Catherine Hahn and Agatha Coven of Chaos. Yeah. It's not really. It, um, I'm not very. I'm not anticipating that too much, but. You know, no, I feel like that's going to be MCU, right? Yeah, here comes like the a Marvel apologist in me and mm -hmm. Mike also. Like, I'm not like that excited for Agatha, but like that's one of those shows I'm going to go into with like no expectations of anything. Exactly. So like, it will not be hard for me to come out of that show and mm -hmm. be like, oh, okay, it surprised me. I actually liked it. Yeah, that's why I went into Miss Marvel and She Hulk, and they both turn out to be pretty relative surprises. Yeah. Listen, I know shows. hot take from the community. I liked She-Hulk. I thought it was like yeah. pretty. I thought it was good for what it was. It was comic booky as fuck. It was funny. Mm -hmm. And then Miss Marvel, like I didn't like love it, but it was like clearly for kids. 
Yeah, yeah, it's and it's really like started off real high, then it kind of dipped into a valley, but then ended real strong. Yeah. Whereas, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm right. excited to see Kitty in the MCU. I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll, listen, I'll, it's not a bad cast so far with the three of them. I'll be Plaza if she's like playing a witch will be just great. Be I feel awesome. like that just works it so well. Fits her so well. That sarcastic kind of like on the edge of bitchiness that she yeah. has. It's awesome. Like Emily, the criminal, when you talk about underappreciated movies from 2022, I got to check on, that out still on Netflix right now. Awesome. Her and, uh, Theo Rossi played shades and, uh, was the Luke Cage? I, I've been hearing about Emily the Criminal a lot. It's on yeah. my list. I have to get to it. I, I, I'm so I have so many movies on my list at this point. It's like picking out of a friggin' bowl and just see which one I get. Mm, <laughs> sure. Uh, some moving over to DC. James Gunn announces that they have a current slate of eight to ten years uh, for the new DCU. Uh, some he studies some of these projects are going to be announced later this month. Uh, he doesn't really give an inkling as to what those are. We know he's been writing his own Superman film based on a young Superman. He's looking uh, other, uh, He's looking for something yeah. for Ben Affleck to direct as well. Yep, yep. but other than that, we're kinda, we have a feeling Jason Momoa is transitioning from Aquaman to Lobo. Which is a great casting. It's phenomenal. You just look at him, it's, that fits him perfectly. But outside yeah. of that, a bunch of speculation. I mean, I'm, I'm like, I'm in the, I'm so like fully on board with James Gunn. Like DC is, it really says a lot about James Gunn that I'm even saying that because DC Mm -hmm. is such a mess right now. And like, if, if almost anybody else was at the helm of DC right now, I would be like, who gives a fuck? But like James Gunn being in charge, it's like, okay, like I feel like he's going to make something out of Mm -hmm. this. He's known for these big group movies, the Guardians, Suicide yeah. Squad. So I think and me and you, me and you have been saying forever that like a full DCU recasting and just restarting is literally exactly what they need. Mm-hmm. But how funny will it be if the only thing that survive besides Jason Momoa transitioning to a new character, because mm-hmm. it's, it's starting to look like the only other thing that might survive this like fire is somehow Ezra Miller. So uh, I can't believe it. I it I, is absurd, and I I have my own possible flash casting but yeah so do i but like they're they keep tweeting out things that you know it's possible he uh they come back and like i don't like it's like a co- ezra's like a cockroach like how are you surviving mm-hmm. this like how are you the one to make it out unscathed i'm all for second chances and rehab but ezra miller man he, how, they, how many, they, sorry how they, many second uh, chances can one person even get i mean it's it's like once a month, like a year ago, you would hear once a month Ezra Miller assaulted somebody on Hawaii in Hawaii. Breaking into homes, he's assaulting people. Kidnapping. Yeah, he's like basically starting a cult. Exactly. Oh my. Uh, yeah, so I'll That's be Ezra interested. Miller. We're going to be talking about the DCU recasting, and like you said, we each have our own for Flash. Mm-hmm. So I will be interested to see like if they keep Ezra and like how they justify that. For sure. Speaking of the Flash, yesterday Stephen Amell uh, announces he's going to return as a Green Arrow in the final season of the Flash on CW. Vince, I know you've never seen it. I know I got I got uh, to. Yes, like mid mid twenty tens. Stephen Amell is the Green Arrow. Arrow was a fantastic show for a few seasons until until he, he starts off as his like cold blood killer, avenging his father's death. Uh, there's cool villains, you know, uh, League of Shadows. Uh, there's always a crossover with the Flash. Yeah. So him and Grant Gustin's Flash were always awesome to me as a high school teenager. Me and my freshman roommate on Sundays, we would uh, watch the 
the Flash, the Arrow, Supergirl, and DC Legends of Tomorrow <laughs> yeah. that week, like all marathon. I don't know I, if I'll tune in, but it's just cool to see. As somebody who has never watched any of the DC CW shows, I need to ask which show is the uh, scene with Gorilla Grodd going back in time to assassinate Barack Obama? That's DC's Legend of Tomorrow. That is Gorilla, potentially Gorilla the Grodd. Is, he makes appearances in the Flash, but that scene in particular is Legends of Tomorrow. I mean, that's got to be the funniest scene, like to see out of context ever. A gorilla. Exactly bus in a room where there is a young black college uh student and he says barack obama it will almost be an honor to kill you exactly it's crazy <laughs> it's absurd it's the funniest thing ever but uh i'll definitely i guess i have to get around to checking out these cw shows yeah. at least the early seasons because at, at least you, the flash and arrow yeah yeah the they're kind of yeah. i've heard that they're not as bad as i may have thought you if know you I have, go, if you want to go way back check out smallville with tom welling as superman awesome yeah, I heard people like that. I actually heard people like the Superman or Clark and Lois or whatever it's called. Yeah, Superman and Lois with uh, yeah. Tyler Hecklin, former Teen Wolf. And uh, the only thing I've seen from that show, I've heard like the the story of the show isn't good, but I saw mm-hmm. a picture of what their Bizarro looked like, and like if you don't know what it it looks like, just Google it. It's it's so like. It's like the most like low budget, like it just the guy, the actor that plays Superman is just like in a weird like Instagram filter with like some blood on his suit. It's the weirdest looking thing ever. Oh, that's bad. Yeah. That is real bad. It's really, really bad. I might have to dip out on that one. But I do he does look good. No, I heard the show is pretty good. So I'm not judging it just off that. It's just like damn. Yeah. That's that CW budget. Yeah, that's that it is true. Next up, let's slap into some Star Wars. Bad Batch Season 2 dropped this week. I haven't gotten to checking out yet. Uh, I just did a rewatch of Bad Batch Season 1. Thought it's fun, you know, continuation of a close, Clone Wars arc. Clone Wars is it's arguably the best Star Wars product I think I've ever Dude, seen outside of Empire. Yeah, I was going to say, like, outside of Empire, like, I think it's undoubtedly, like, the so best no. thing Star Wars has made. And it's like the I know we're we're talking about Bad Batch, so I won't get too off track with Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. But like Clone Wars is one of those things like you watch it, you start off, and you're like, okay, like for season one, season two, you're like pretty fun, you know, kid show, and then it just goes all over the place. You know, you have characters committing suicide and committing war yeah. crimes all over the place. Exactly. I mean, they turn Darth Maul into one of the best characters in all of Star Wars lore. Oh, yeah. Same with creating Ahsoka, who is mm-hmm. also one of the best characters in Star Wars. So like, Dave Filoni deserves all the credit in the world. Mm-hmm. And we'll get to that eventually. Bad Batch. It's just a fun little, little different. You know, not yeah. all the clones are the same. You know, it it's a fun concept. I, I definitely like. It's not. It's not like. Is it? Is it groundbreaking? Absolutely not. But also, it's like perfectly enjoyable and fun and like good enough. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. And Aaron Taylor Johnson. Is he the new James Bond? Apparently, this week he met with the producers for the next Bond series. Uh, I. We'll get into it when I, we're talking about what we're watching, but I'm currently in the middle of watching the Daniel Craig Bonds for the first time. It's, it would be kind of cool to see a, a younger Bond, Aaron Taylor Johnson. 
Yeah, um, I think the I saw someone make a tweet that said like the only negative to this is like it sucks to see like a great actor like him get boxed in yeah. for you know yeah. maybe a decade like uh, exactly. Daniel Daniel Craig has been except you know he's getting the branch off and do Benoit Block now which we'll you know we'll yeah. talk about all that later but uh, I mean listen Aaron Taylor Johnson if that's what he wants to do I'm sure he'll be mm-hmm. great at it you know yeah. would you like to see him in other things absolutely but like at the end of the day if he wants to do Bond you know he would probably make for a good Bond so yeah and he's coming off hot after that bullet train. On the sex symbol, bringing a stash. Yeah, back I mean he, Miles Teller. he's a good-looking guy. And we'll see him later this year with Craven the Hunter. God that, knows yeah. how that's gonna be. Who, who, with Sony Marvel products, you literally you never know, you never know at all, because they could make Spider Verse or they could make Morbius. Exactly. So no, there's no rhyme or reason. Ryan Johnson announced that he's writing Knives Out three. Currently, it's on pace to be a top three most watched Netflix movie of all time. Recently this week, it cracked top 10. If you want to listen to the top 10, not great company. Uh, number 10, Glass Onion. And you move into yeah. number 9, uh, The Irishman, Academy Award-nominated film. Amazing movie. Underrated. Three, I feel three like hour people plus. talk about it. Uh, the Unforgivable is that Sandra Bullock movie from last year when she gets out of prison. Decent. Never saw it. It's an all right movie. Purple Hearts was kind of under social media fire earlier this year. The rom-com with a musician dating a marine. Okay. Kind of mid. I mean, uh, yeah, that just sounds like the perfect uh, dis- description of mid. Yeah. Extraction was that Chris Hemsworth action movie a couple of years ago where he's trying to save a like a politician's son that was captured. Uh, okay. The, the Adam Project with Ryan Reynolds and uh, the kid who's going to play Percy Jackson in the next oh, right on. the new series. Uh, the Gray Man. That Ryan Gosling, Ana de Armas, Chris Evans spy thriller from the Russo brothers earlier this year. Yeah, that was like kind of mid as well. Yeah, a little fun movie. And Bird Box, number three. Yo, I, Bird Boy. Box is one of those things that I never gave in on. Like, I don't know why, but I just, it, it was almost like Bird Box got so big that it made me not want to watch it. Yeah. And I still never have. So I got to like, I actually got to check that out. Like now that the hype has died was, like two years ago. It was in that same period where it was Bird Box. Can't look at anything. Uh, don't was it? Don't breathe. Yeah. Can't look, and then a quiet place you can't talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like I never thought about that. Yeah, they kind of made this whole universe where apocalyptic worlds, and you can't use your senses. Coming yeah. in at number two was Don't Look Up. Adam McKay, star-studded cast, Leo and J Law last year. Also I... very controversial. I, Personally, I, I, I know we're both huge fans. Yeah, I, I listen. I honestly, when I watched that movie. Uh, after I was done, like, I kind of like, I always like just kind of Twitter search the movie I watched or like look at it on letterbox. And like, I read some reviews or just like, you know what people are thinking. And I was like, kind of surprised that so many people didn't like this movie. I thought it was great. Yeah. Very good movie. Nice comedy, uh, apocalyptic sci-fi. Also one, me and you agree on this. One of the funniest, like recurring bits in a movie with, uh, Mm -hmm. Jennifer Lawrence and Mm -hmm. paying for those snacks. Exactly. Hilarious. Uh, next up, Gladiator 2 announced, Ridley Scott announced he's going to be casting for that soon. No one really knows what's going to happen with that movie. They haven't really announced a synopsis. Uh, we all know at the end of the first, have you seen, you've seen Gladiator, right? Yeah. Yeah. So at the, at the end of the first Gladiator, Russell Crowe's character Maximus dies. The very early scripts had like a time traveling, uh, Maximus chosen oh, by the gods. That got scrapped early. Don't worry. But again, that's this, bad. You don't, really, you don't really know what's coming with this. No. 
Could when be a you're lot of fun. time travel out there in a movie that was about the gladiators. I mean, exactly. I don't know where you're trying to take this family revenge thriller. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Sure, man. sure. Uh, Ocean's Eleven. There's going to be a, a new one starring Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling. Is it Barbie Two? I don't know, but apparently it's a remake <laughs> of the. Or, it's apparently a remake of the original Ocean's Eleven, which I loved. Uh, yeah. Set in 1960s Europe. So, heist Ocean's movie. Eleven another is another one of those things. I feel like it'll just keep. It'll yeah. always come back every yeah. like ten I'm, years. I'm, I'm all in on Ocean's Eleven. I, I, I listen. I'll be there. I'll, I'll definitely check that out. Bring back Clooney and Brad Pitt. I don't even care, man. <laughs> Uh, some Game of Thrones news. Uh, Miguel Sapochnik announced he left House of the Dragon because HBO refused to include his wife as a producer. She was a producer all of season one. It makes no sense. Yeah, that whole story is a little weird. I know people aren't like too hot on him because of uh, season eight of Game of Thrones that he was yeah. involved in. So, like, I don't want to say, like, obviously, if he was involved in season one of House of the Dragon, he knew what he was doing because that was a fantastic season of TV. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know, man. I surprisingly i still have faith in hbo as long as george r R. martin is going to be tied closely to any game of thrones project like i have faith in it for that exact reason because you know D &D didn't throw that show in the trash until he george r R. martin was less involved and there was no source Mm -hmm. material so uh as long as george r R. martin is closely tied i'll always have faith in game of thrones properties but uh, i guess we'll see what impact uh, his departure has on the show next season Mm -hmm. which apparently you know we'll get in 2024 which sucks yeah that's rough man that and me screaming i need more yeah all right want to get into what we've been watching recently absolutely let me uh start it off what do you want to start off with oh i got it okay uh got it what are you watching let me see the most recent thing i watched actually was last night i checked out uh after sun after sun has you know i i learned about it through a lot of people's uh top tens of the year i really hadn't heard much about it uh didn't really get like much talking about. I can after seeing what type of movie it is, I kind of see why it's more of those artsy like type of films, like an indie film. It's an A24 produced. It has like it has the feeling of an A24 like lower production like kind of movie. And it's really just the story of uh, a daughter and her father. They're on a trip, and like basically she's learning you know about problems her dad's going through kind of as a child, and it ties in a little bit with her as an adult. It, it's pretty good. It's really heartfelt. Uh, probably move some people to tears, you know, depending on your relationship mm-hmm. with your father for sure. Um, but in general, uh, I liked it. I gave it a four to five. Um, it, 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 it's a contender to make it on my top 10 list, which, you know, we'll talk about our top tens when we've seen a little bit more of the movies. Cause there's definitely still some more movies I want to check out from, uh, last year. Um, mm-hmm. let me see what else. Uh, I got a couple that I'm going to save to break down for my, uh, you know, our recommendation, but, uh, Besides those, uh, within the last week, I've also checked out Lady Bird, which I liked. Lady Bird was, yeah, another, another A24 movie. It looks like I'm shilling for A24 right now, but, uh, no, Lady Bird was really good. It was really fun, fun. Like the the performance of, Mm -hmm. uh, the main actress whose name I can't remember. Swarsha Ronan. Yeah, she was, she was amazing. Uh, incredibly charismatic. I I liked the mom, you know, pretty much everyone in that movie was good. It's another one of those. It's a genre that it's hard to describe, but I love it. Uh, I group movies like uh, Lady Bird is in there, uh, The Sound of Metal, Whiplash, mm-hmm. uh, 
Beautiful Boy, After Sun's in there, like movies that just feel about like Manchester by the Sea's another one, like movies that are just like realistic, they're real life. No big, there's no big moment, there's no huge climax. Like mm-hmm. it's just life happening and like things happen and it's all on a small scale, but it's awesome. You feel intimate with movies like that. And I walked away from Lady Bird really loving it, also giving that a four. And then yeah. the last, uh, I'll, I'll tell you like two more. Uh, I watched Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. I know you checked that out too. Yep. And yeah. uh, I know you agree. Incredibly fun. Gr- nails the uh, like thriller comedy mix of a genre mm-hmm. there. All pretty much all the performances across the board were great, and the twist at the end is just laugh out Hilarious. loud funny. I so, laughed for I think ten minutes afterwards. Yeah, that was a honestly a pleasant surprise because when I, I I vividly remember when I saw the uh, trailer for that in the movie theater for the first time, I was like, wow, that looks dumb as shit, and I yeah. ended up loving it. So that is a good one to check out. Uh, Triangle of Sadness. Is another mm-hmm. one that I learned. I learned about it through, uh, you know, previews in the movie theater. But I thought it looked dumb. It wasn't until I started seeing people reviewing it, saying it was really good and it was a good critique on, like, you know, the rich and that kind of stuff. Good commentary. I checked it out and I really liked it. And uh, it pretty much just nails what I just said. It's a good comedy. It, it works as a good like satire. Good messaging. Not everyone will enjoy it. I can see why. There is. There's also a scene in the middle of the movie that is one of the most absurd things I've ever seen. And if you would watch it, you will know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah. And then the last one is one you've seen also, Pig with Nick uh, Nick Cage. Phenomenal. That was. That's, that's one of my most underrated of. I think that was 2020. Yeah, I think like, it was 2021. Was yeah, that was uh, Nick Nick Cage. He acted great. Uh, Alex Wolf. Uh, it took me a little bit to realize that was him. Uh, I couldn't recognize him yeah. at first. Naked error. Brothers Band, brother. Yeah, yeah, Hereditary as well. It took me a minute yeah. to be like, oh, that's him. But uh, no, Pig, great movie. Uh, pretty good. Like, if you like John Wick, like this is like the antithesis of John Wick. A yeah. man going on a peaceful and like self, like learning experience to get back a pig that he loves. So, exactly. a great movie. All right, Mike, I'll kick it to you. So I've been on a little franchise kick recently. So okay. as I said earlier, the Daniel Craig Bonds. Uh, last week I watched Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace. I'll get to Skyfall Inspectors probably sometime this week or next. Uh, Casino Royale, phenomenal. Daniel Craig's slowly becoming one of my favorite actors in Hollywood. Uh, yeah. Between these James Bonds roles, the uh, Benoit Blanc, obviously, Knives Out and Glass Onion. And sneakily, his role in Logan Lucky, I don't know if you've seen it, I have it's another heist movie. It's Channing Tatum and Adam Driver, and uh, he's their buddy. They're trying to steal a bunch of money. Uh, it's, it's I think that was a 2017 Steven Soderbergh film. Awesome movie. Uh, outside of the, the Bonds movies, I'm also watching John Wick. Uh, earlier this week, I watched the first. I rewatched the first one. Uh, saw that a couple of years ago. I still have that at a nine out of ten. Great yeah. action movie. One of the best characters of the 2010s. I'll definitely uh, be talking about that one later. Watched Chapter 2 last night. They inter- introduced a better villain, I thought, in Peter Stormare. But overall, I think the first one was probably a little better story. Both phenomenal movies. In yeah, own, absolutely. Uh, and then TV shows. I've been... Uh, last show I watched, I think, was Dark, the German Netflix original. Uh, I gave that a 10 out of 10. I think it's one of my favorite movies of all time. It's on my Mount Rushmore, maybe. Uh, crazy sci-fi time travel drama yeah uh, i gotta check that one span, out and spanning over like 150 years really cool 
uh, highly suggest the sub, not dub. Or sometimes I was started to think in German a little bit. It's a little weird. <laughs> it's not a uh, a language you hear quite often associated with film, but. Oh, a lot of fun. Uh, another show that I know you also just finished. Uh, we both watched Atlanta season four. Yes, just and, finished uh, Atlanta. I, I think me and you had agreed on season three and four. Season three was a little, a little weird. Uh, it was a, it was like don't get me wrong. Donald Glover is a genius when it comes yes. to the social commentary and the satire, and the, all of the episodes in season three that focused on that were great. It mm-hmm. just I missed the cast. And, like, I felt like it got away from what the show was too much. Yeah. Like, if that was just random skits that uh, Donald Glover had released on, like, YouTube or something, it would be amazing. It would, great. Be, it would yeah. be great. But, like, as for what Atlanta is, like, I want to see, you know, all the characters because I have come to love the characters over mm-hmm. you know, the seasons. So I just wanted to see more of them. And in season four, you definitely get back to that. There are still, yeah. you know, the, the occasional, you know, political satire, social mm-hmm. stuff. And that's but it's again, with that's them still, so it's a lot of yeah. fun. Exactly. So I really liked the season, uh, season four. I thought, I thought the only thing that was out of place and you agreed was like the goofy episode where it's just nothing yeah. but a long like a doc, fake documentary, fake documentary about, goofy. about goofy being the quote unquote blackest movie ever by some random CEO. Yeah. Hilarious. But for a while it got me going. I was like, this the, the season right? finale got me, uh, like mind blown because I, I was uh, a little high off some, uh, C- CBD and uh, I'm watching it, and it's like Inception with Darius, where he just keeps waking up mm-hmm. from uh, dreams where he's in that. Yeah, he's uh, some kind of yeah, like a like a back to tank that you saw. In yeah, Trump, yeah, kind of. Pretty cool. Yeah, yeah so that was overall the most show I watched. Yeah, Atlanta, I, great show. Yeah. Can't wait for you know however long it wants to go. Great TV. Yeah, but I know next week The Last of Us season one's dropping. I think the 16th, I, am I think. excited for that. I think it's the fifteenth. Fifteenth. I am so excited for that show. I haven't I haven't played the game, so I'm going in. I think I'm going to try and go in blind, and then yeah. watch, and play through the game after season one. Dude, uh, but, you know, Pedro Pascal, he, he doesn't miss. Yeah, he does not miss. And I wish I could remember the actress who they hired. Uh, Bella Ramsey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She. I know that there little, was a little, little bit lady of Mormont. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she was great in that. I know there was discourse about like you know oh she doesn't look like ellie but like dude who cares at the end of the day like we're we're, we're not you're not gonna find someone that looks exactly like her because it's not the same person That's like act right just yeah fill the role with someone who can act and they did that they yeah they, i did see the other day they were talking about uh the last two actresses that were up for it were Maisie williams uh aria stark then caitlin dever who was who got famous on book smart the uh olivia wilde's uh, I think it might have been her theatrical debut for A24. Really good in that. And recently, I watched Short Term Twelve. You ever see that? It's I never a, have. It's a Brie Larson movie. She's a main character. She's a what do you call it, like a counsel counselor at like a kind of like a detention center for juveniles. It's right. her. It's uh, Rami Malek is another counselor. He's the newbie. Lakeith Stanfield. It's his uh, on-screen debut. I think. He kills it as a young teenager uh, and stuck up in the system. Uh, that's another great movie that I watched recently. But, uh, yeah, like, I'm glad with the casting. Pedro, like you said, he don't miss. And uh, I, I love to see the, the people that created the show basically saying, like, they have no desire to stray from anything other than, like, what's directly in the mm-hmm. game, which I think is the best thing to come out of that. Like, 
that you can do. Just focus on telling that story. Don't go above it. You know, don't go beyond it. We just want to see mm. what was in the game because the game is one of if you're talking about cinematic single player games like that is one of the best like ever. Mm. And the story is phenomenal. So I like couldn't be more excited that that is coming and it's coming very soon. Got it. Now here's video games have very bad track record. Yeah, they do. Uh, uh, adapting to TVs and movies, but I hear from what I see, what I hear, everyone's been saying this could be a seamless adaptation. Could knock yeah, that this is also going back a little bit to uh, the news uh, a little bit, but I know that Amazon also recently acquired like the TV rights to try to make a Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones, a God of War TV show, which that will be interesting as hell because I feel like Kratos. Nailing that casting is like a huge, huge ask, and it's going to be hard. So it will be very interesting because that that will right there will let me know if like the show is going to be good or not. They have to nail that because yeah. that is a big character, and another, you'll know because you're going to be playing yeah. game, uh, another, pretty another soon. game. Another game on my board after I knock out Ghost of Tsushima. Oh my god, that that game! Apparently, there's a movie coming out about that game too. Yeah, I think it's going to be Americanized, but. You know, I, if they if they nail the casting and they get an all Japanese cast, I'm hoping Hiroyuki yeah. Sonata, he's the best when it comes to samurai play. Uh, from Last Samurai, who's also in Bullet Train. I think I uh, heard a rumor that they want to the do dead. it. I think I heard a rumor they want to do it in Japanese. I don't know if I saw it from an official source oh, really? or something, but I would really, really hope that they do because I'll be gladly sit there and watch it in a sub. Hell yeah, I'm all about that. Yeah. Want to get into our movie review? Absolutely, man. I'm I'm excited to talk about this one. Right. Let's go. Avatar: The Way of Water uh, came out December 16th, so about uh, four weeks ago now. This is its fourth week in the box in the box office. Just passed uh, Top Gun as the highest uh, grossing did. film of the year. Yeah, num- uh, yeah, highest grossing movie of 2020 2022. Now it's the tenth highest grossing movie of all time. James Crazy. Cameron became the first director of all time to have three movies surpass one and a half billion dollars. That is just crazy. He is a moneymaker. Who he, would have thought? It's a shame, you know, how much he, you know, shits all over Marvel because that it sucks for me. I hate when people do that. But I, James Cameron, you can't hate him. You you mm-hmm. want to hate him, and then he goes out here and he makes just bangers. Mm-hmm. So quick, my, I, let's yeah, go. No, quick synopsis. Wrote, yeah, go for it. Let's go. Uh, so Jake Sully, played by Sam Worthington. And Neytiri, uh, voiced by uh, Zoe Saldana, they've finally formed a family in the 13 years that we haven't seen them since 2009. However, they must leave their home now and explore the regions of Pandora. When an ancient threat resurfaces, Jake must fight a difficult war against the humans, or the Sky People. Yeah. Um, so do you want to do spoilers or no? Yeah. Okay, yeah. we'll get into yeah, we'll spoilers. Okay. four weeks. If you haven't so, seen it yet... Go, skip, go, uh, skip, yeah. a, skip a while yeah. through the podcast. Uh, yeah. But uh, so right off the bat, I guess we could just start with like the general sentiments. Like I really liked it. Um, I went and I saw it in IMAX 3D, which mm-hmm. was like other otherworldly, dude. Like you literally feel like you're there in that world uh, mm-hmm. in Pandora. And it's just like it's it's an amazing experience. If you go mm-hmm. see it, if you can go see it, go see it in IMAX 3D. And just have your mind blown. But um, besides that, like, I just thought the action sequences were great. I know the story is, like, the thing people are, like, you know, it's a little lackluster. It's a little basic. But I feel like when you're working with the type of firepower that James Cameron is working with in this movie, you don't need, like, 
the the most depth ever. And I, yeah. I know people will be like, oh, what a cop out. But like, it's just true, man. Like, it's not exactly like a turn your brain off movie because it is has a little bit of a story. But like, it's just one of the most beautifully shot action movies ever. And like, I actually really enjoyed the characters of the kids. I, I did think, and I, I'm so bad. I just recently fun fact for everybody watched the first avatar like a month ago so i'm new to this whole world i'm trying to I, i'm bad with the names natiri you know zoe saldana's character i feel like mm-hmm. she got a little sidelined in this movie um when she was able to you know be in the forefront her action sequences are some of my favorite the way they have her fight you know stealthy and like just a complete badass so i loved her moments uh jake sully is a little bit of a boring protagonist sometimes i agree I th- I feel like I feel like you could make him a little more interesting in certain ways. Like I said, the kids are good, and uh, my only two other uh, things I'll talk about before I let you go is I didn't love, I don't love the way that they kind of did the recycled villain, and I know you agree with me on this, where they bring they bring uh, Quaritch back, and he's in a Pandora, he's in a Navi body, like. His consciousness was transferred, so he technically wasn't, like, resurrected, but, like, kind of. It's just – and, you know, we'll talk about the end of the movie and, like, how that goes moving forward. But, like, I was kind of hoping they would lean into a new threat, and they didn't. And then the only other thing is I felt – I don't know how you feel about this. The I can't – again, I can't think of the names. The leader of the uh, the water tribe. I felt like – I couldn't tell you the name. I couldn't even tell you the name of the tribe. I feel like he was so underused. Like I was waiting for mm. him to like have his like badass moment where like he fucks someone up. It never mm. came. I just like I was like, what was like they didn't do anything. Like I was waiting for that and it never came. And I don't know. I just thought it was weird. I was like, yeah. they built this guy up as like, oh, he's the badass chief of this tribe. It's like, all right, like let me see him kick someone's ass. Yeah. When you get to the big fight sequence at the end, the the water plan. Yeah, where kinda... was he? They take a couple of shots, then they kind of just dip out, and you're like, you don't see them in the rest of the film until you know the end when they like, you you're joining our clan, remembering yeah, your son with our ancestors, all that jazz. I like, honestly thought it would have been a pretty good moment at the end if like you know Jake Sully's you know getting beat up, and instead of like you know uh, Natiri like they've already done before, like the kids would be cliche, like have that guy come in and mm-hmm. you know help him fuck up Quaritch, and then. That like kind of solidifies the end, like oh, like we're brothers now, like you know, like all that kind of shit. Yeah. I feel like it would have worked well. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I gave the movie a nine point three out of ten, uh, just below the first one. I think the the stories were too similar that mm-hmm. I couldn't I really put it above. And the first one was so revolutionary in terms of just visuals, CGI, and VFX and everything. Uh, but as you said, this is the best looking movie of all time. Yeah. Uh, before before I saw this in our group chat, I was saying Blade Runner 2049, Roger Deakins, he's the best cinematographer of all time. Yep. Uh, so I was, this blew my mind. I also saw an IMAX uh, at my local Regal. Uh, yeah, it was kind of like, I, after, when I walked out of the theater, I kind of said, uh, James Cameron said kind of like, fuck it, no, no plot, just straight vibes. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. The entire, the first and third act, I think, you know, uh, Quaritch, he wants to get revenge on Jake Sully. Uh, they start attacking their forest. Then they leave. They find the Water Tribe. Then for the entire second act, it's basically just James Cameron saying, look what I can do. Yeah. I'm going to show you the coolest water CGI of all time, and you're not going to care. It's just going to blow your mind. It's going to knock your socks off for the entire hour middle portion where 
the the middle son, you know, he's going off and he's fighting with the water clan chief's son. Uh, they're going out to the the hunting and he's being fr- he makes friends with the giant their version of a whale. Yeah, that uh, thing was cool as hell. Yeah, so that entire that entire act is just vibes. You're looking at the water. This is cool. I want more of it. Then the third act is one of my favorite fight scenes ever. The third act of this movie is crazy, and it has so much fun action. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I was completely tuned in and like fully like on the edge of my seat for like those action mm-hmm. scenes and even the second act you know like you said like you love it it's just it's vibes it's not really much plot but like it yeah. like you said it's kind of just james ja- james cameron kicking his feet up and being like look what look what i can make and yeah. like it's nice to see that cgi can still look that good because you know there's been some stuff with marvel and like mm-hmm. you know there's always like those tweets you see go viral every couple months like oh why did cgi look better in 2008 than it does now you know what like with uh uh, what's his name from Pirates of the Caribbean? Davy Jones yeah. from Pirates of the Caribbean. Yep. Oh. The Transformers. Oh. Even King Kong from Peter Jackson's King Kong. Like CGI had mm-hmm. it, it. It got so good, like that it almost is bad again. And James yeah. Cameron like kind of reminded you, like you know, I'm gonna sit back, I'm gonna take my time with this, and I'm gonna make literally the most visually stunning movie like anyone will ever see. You can hate this movie. You can say, oh my god, no plot. The characters suck. They're boring. Whatever mm-hmm. you want to say everyone will walk out of this movie agreeing this is the most beautifully visually stunning thing they've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I, I do wish they kind of focused on Jake Sully and Atiri more. It's yeah. really back in 2009 in the early 2010s, Sam Worthington was kind of a, I'm going to call him a bit of a joke of an actor. He wasn't very good. Uh, his performance in the first Avatar wasn't great. Then he went on to do the Wrath and the Clash of the Titans or whatever. Yeah, like, towards the tail end of the 2010s with Hacksaw Ridge with Andrew Garfield is incredible, and then his role in Under the Banner of Heaven was a limited Hulu series with Andrew Garfield again, uh, Wyatt Russell. That was an awesome show. Sam Worthington, he became an actor, and you're like, oh shit, this guy is good. So I was really hoping they would lean more into that, give him more of a spotlight. But I guess you know, you know, it's a going to be a five five movie series you gotta yeah. uh kind of build up the the younger kids too so that you know maybe uh they'll do another time jump at some point and you know they'll be the adults they'll be the leader of the clan and kind of have to uh, build up that character for the future absolutely and this isn't really a review of this movie but it is funny how they kind of announced or i don't know if james cameron was the one that said it that like a, f- a fire nation of mm-hmm. Navi are going to be there. It, it literally, it's just leaning into being avatar. The last airbender. Like you had, mm-hmm. you had the original people, which some people were saying like, Oh, they're air because they fly around on those animals. And now we had water and now you're getting into fire mm-hmm. being the evil ones. Like exactly. I, I just feel like he could do what the basic point of that plot is without literally copying avatar the last airbender and making them a fire yeah. nation like he, his uh, he said his idea is he wants to show off like oh like navi aren't all good they can mm-hmm. be bad too perfectly fine that's yeah, awesome that's cool. but like you don't have to make them a fire nation yeah like that's completely irrelevant very, yeah very weird just uh, have them live working. in a different forest yeah and they yeah. don't have to like breathe fire or whatever the hell he's gonna make them do like they can just be evil mm-hmm. and avatar 5 apparently you said it's going to take us back to Earth. We're going to see what Earth is like now. 
that kind of does intrigue me with these like post-apocalyptic uh, dystopian type things. Like, what the hell happened to Earth? Why are you here on Pandora? Uh, yeah, right. What was the the mineral in the first movie called Unobtainium? Thank God they got rid of that. I forgot about that. That instead, was like the funniest like name. The, the juice of or the fluid that comes from those whale creatures. Yeah. Now, now that's the that's the rage over the last fifteen years. Unobtainium was such a comically funny name for a material. Yeah. Like just basically saying it's like it's unattainable. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, like, yeah. I don't know why I just thought that was so stupid. So yeah, you're right. Thank God they got rid of it, and they, I guess, just decided to fill another random liquid into the into why they need to take over Pandora. But no, I, I agree with you though. I, I'm interested to see, like, you know, what Earth must be like in this uh, world that they need to go to another yeah. uh, planet to get their resources, unless it's truly just like, oh, they're only going here like because they're rich and powerful and like the world yeah. is fine, which yeah, honestly could be what it's coming to. Another another thing, Edie Falco. What the hell was she doing there? Why was Carmela Soprano Dude, in this movie? I I was I completely. I was just about to say she was so distracting. Like yeah, I, I, it's not her so fault. Out of place. It's not it's not her fault. You know she played amazingly as Carmela Soprano, but like I literally could not see. I can't see anything but yeah, that with her. Exactly. She's it, it's a shame, and I yeah yeah I agree. She's always that character, and it sucks. Mm-hmm. But like she felt so it was a square peg in a round hole. Like it yeah. felt so weird. I mean, I felt the same way watching white Lotus season two with Michael Imperioli, like the whole entire yeah. time. Like that's Chrissy. That's that Sopranos cast is just the Sopranos cast. Like, yeah. There's no other way to put it. hundred percent. Even Meadow, you see an entourage and they're literally calling her. Hey, Hey Meadow, like you're dating Meadow Soprano turtle. Yeah. So like, uh, I don't really know what else there's to say. Like, my final thoughts on this movie is just to like go in expecting to see something beautiful. Don't mm-hmm. go in expecting like the godfather of plots. Exactly. But like it's gonna be fun enough. It's like not every movie needs to be that. Like mm-hmm. some movies can just like be like, oh wow, this looks so amazing. The story is engaging enough. Like, dude, mm-hmm. I, I I cried when the 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 second the middle child died. Like mm-hmm. I felt connected to these characters enough. It didn't mm-hmm. need to be this deep. Uh, intricate plot to make you feel connected to the family. I feel like they did a great job of character. I felt like they characterized the kids in this mm-hmm. movie better than the main character. I felt way more attached to the kids than I do Jake Scully. So, mm-hmm. or Jake Sully, sorry. So, um, yeah, I thought they did a good job of introducing us to those. Like I said, I, I literally was moved to tears when he cried, uh, when he died. Um, but I liked it. I gave it a full. I'm I'm floating between a four and four and a half and a five. I'm somewhere mm-hmm. in the middle there. I know you know on Letterbox, which is what we use, it's hard. You yeah. can't give it that. I'd probably put it somewhere right in between, like maybe a four point three or some shit like that. I know that's such a cop out, but yeah. yeah. Uh, I threw. I think I threw it at a four out of five on Letterbox, but in my giant spreadsheet, I threw it nine point three out of ten. Yeah. I just prefer. I just prefer the out of ten out of a hundred scale, just because you can diversify a little bit. No, I feel you. The, not, the out of five every, star scale yeah. is. Kind not of every weird. not every four star movie is the same. Not every three star, you know. Oh, dude, yeah. I like, you'll see when we do my when we do our top tens. Like, I have like I, I'm not gonna spoil it, but I have like a movie that's a five out of five in my rankings at number seven, I think it is. But like, mm-hmm. I have a movie that's rated lower than it, like above it. Like, it's all right. it all it all depends on the type of movie and like just you know all that kind of stuff. Like sometimes rating isn't the end all be all of how much. Like you like a movie, like for example, if you're gonna go back, like for example, I loved After Sun, 
but I will probably never go watch that again just because the type of movie it is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there are certain yeah. movies that you're going to go back to and that can affect the rating. And I think that plays into it here. Like I have such a high expectation to like, you know, one day when this comes on streaming somewhere, like I will watch this, I will throw it on, like, and just mm-hmm. watch it. Like it's one of those on Disney. Yeah. Yeah. So sure. big fan of that movie. Uh, I'm excited for the next one. I know you are too. And we'll mm-hmm. guess we'll see where this franchise ends up in uh, no. by 2026 or whatever the hell. I'll see you in 2024, James Cameron. Yeah. <laughs> Sure, that one will pro- might make three billion. Who who the hell knows at this point? I mean, he can't stop making money, so good exactly. for him. Yeah. Right, do what some, we got next? You want to do some DC fan casting? Yeah, I know. I know you're excited for this one. I I am. I think the DC characters are just so much more. They're so much more popular than yeah. Marvel. Like these are the characters that we grew up with. You know, Cartoon Network, the Justice League animated show. Teen Titans. We, we talked about this before in our group chat. Um, yeah. like we love Marvel, but like it's intrinsically DC is better. Yeah. Like, like all of the characters, like there's way better storylines in DC. Like, like, you know, the, the Avengers even are the biggest thing in Marvel and the MCU. They were an afterthought, you know, back in the day, it was the yeah. X-Men. It X-Men, was the Fantastic, Fantastic Four, Four, Spider-Man, you know, Spider-Man, you know, yeah, the Hulk, like Avengers yeah. weren't, the popular Iron Man, no one gave a fuck about Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Captain America was, you know, meh. So like, yeah. and that doesn't mean the characters weren't good. It just means they weren't popular. But like, DC has like the greatest, you know, like the greatest storylines, the greatest characters. Like, think about mm-hmm. it. When you think of a superhero, who's the first person that comes to your mind? It's Superman. Superman, Batman, and Spider Man. Yeah, like Superman is the quintessential superhero. Batman is probably like the best superhero. Spider Man mm-hmm. too. But like you're talking about the superhero and the best superhero. Yeah, it's those three. Both, those yeah. three and Wolverine. When you think of name me a superhero, it's one of those four names. I will guarantee it. Yeah, the Mount Rushmore of superheroes is probably Superman, Batman, Spider Man, Wolverine, and like the Hulk. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, so I'm uh, listen. I'm I'm excited. I, like we said at the beginning of the show, I feel like DC was overdue for just to drop a bomb on this and just redo it because they're you're, mm. honestly you're too good to 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 do this. Like you're too DC is too good, has too many good characters, too many good storylines to just be wasted like this. It, it's yeah. it's unfair. Like as people, you know, we're both DC and Marvel fans. We're not one of those weirdos that hates the other side for whatever odd reason. Like they're like neighborhood mm. gangs, but like. It just sucks as like a fan of these characters to have watched over the years them just be like wasted. So I'm excited to get into this. As MCU fans, we definitely want DC to be successful as well because then it drives Marvel to pick pick up the pace and get back to what they were in you know phase two, phase three. Exactly. You know, kind of uh, challenge themselves. Competition. A bit. Competition always does. Uh, Monopolies does, are not good. Yeah. Even even in movies. <laughs> Look at look at Madden. I mean, no competition there, and that game sucks. Exactly. But anyway, let's get into this. Uh, Mike, what character would you like to cast first? I think we got to start off with Superman, right? This is also give, funny. give me your thoughts because I don't I, I don't really have a real Superman, dude. Funny enough, keep, every every is, time I just keep coming back to Henry Cavill. I hate it's, it. It's so it's the hardest one by far. It's the hardest one because it's the one they most need to nail. Like, yes. not for nothing, you know, they're going to cast another Batman, but there's less pressure on them because they have Batman and another property that's inherently yeah. successful right it, now. Bale's Robert- been great, Pattinson was great. So there's not as much pressure on you to find a great Batman. I'm sure they still will have to. But, like, finding a great Superman is, like, priority numero uno. Mm -hmm. He is the face of DC. He, like we just said, is the quintessential superhero. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. you need to nail that. And that's why it was so hard for me to do one. And like, I honestly don't even know if the one I picked is good. I just know it's kind of out of the box. Hit me with it. Uh, I, I said Taron Egerton. That's interesting. I, I, I saw him. I, so I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to act like I didn't cheat. I know I, I was searching Reddit, seeing what people were doing for their fan castings and just looking around. And I think I might have saw him on like one or two. And I was uh, like, that's honestly it's it, it is. It's like you said, it's interesting. I don't know if it's a great casting yet, but like at least it's different. And like I said, dude, I was just struggling with Superman. Yeah, I do love Taron Egerton as an actor. I think the Kingsman movies were I think some of the most underrated like action comedy movies of the 2010s, yeah. especially that first one. He's he's funny. You know, he got the body like good action. Yeah. The only thing is, I think he's short. Yeah, so I don't. I, but I hey, love, you can, you he's can my make number one tall. Wolverine. He's my number one Wolverine fan. Okay, okay. But he has the facial structure that I would think of for a Superman. You know, he's got the strong chin, yeah. all that. I'd be down for that. I'd like to. I could see if they give him some darker hair, maybe. Yeah, it's just like every time I look at Superman now, I just think of Henry Cavill. But like, you know, I could, I could yeah. see, I could see this working. I think he's a pretty good actor. Like mm-hmm. I said, it was just it's different. So it's the hardest one by far. I would love to know who you have here. I think I caved to some fan castings I saw. I went with you saw We Own This City, right? The John Bernthal. Yeah. I went with David Corn Sweat. He's the the one detective of the that smaller county. Yep. He just has the look. He's, he was my number two. He's like, kind of like a relative unknown. I think that was his first main, uh, like bigger role. But you know, I'd like to see what he's got. You he know? was in something. I'm forgetting exactly what it was. But hold on, I'm gonna look it up. But I think like what you know our picks up in common is we both went young because we know they want to do a young Superman. So mm-hmm. oh, he was also in Pearl. I believe he played Pearl's. Uh, okay. He played, I think, the guy that Pearl was flirting with while her husband was at war. One of the two. Um, I didn't get to Pearl yet. I saw X. Haven't gotten to Pearl. Pearl is a Pearl is a good movie. But uh, yeah, David David Cornsweat is my, was my number two. It was him or yeah. Taron Egerton. I wanted to go a little different. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Listen, I I could see I could very well see a David Cornsweat. I think he is probably the better option. Definitely better than what I said. Like mm-hmm. I would I would definitely be a okay with him being superman i think he is a good up-and-comer that's another thing about the dc i think they have a good opportunity to go kind of away from what marvel's done and that's you know uh kind of cherry pick the top the biggest stars and bring them in i i know i sound hypocritical as fuck when dc just made a movie with the rock but uh i think dc has a good chance right now to hire you know some up-and-comers some lesser known people and like have this like be like making their mark you know what i mean and not be like oh there's uh there's robert Downey jr and like after a while, you learn to call Iron Man, but like, let's get these people in and uh, build them up like through DC instead of, you mm-hmm. know, like I said, what Marvel does and just poach yeah. the stars. Yeah, I'm all about that. All right. So I guess if we did Superman first, it would only make sense that Batman comes next. Go, go Batman. I have, a, I have two, depending okay, on so what kind of story they want to go with. I have another one that is completely out of the box here. I had a couple and I think they're good. And I'm, I don't know what you took, but I decided to go again out of the box here a little bit. It's an actor we know. It's an actor we're both familiar with. It's an actor okay. most people are familiar with because it is an actor that uh, had a starring role pretty much in uh, a couple seasons of hit TV show Game of Thrones. And that is Richard Madden. Madden. I like it. Richard Madden like- as Bruce Wayne. Okay. I think he is young enough. He's uh, 30. I think he's 34, maybe 30, 
32, mm-hmm. 33 in that range. He's young enough to pull off a young Batman. Okay. And I, I don't know. I think he's shown he's got pretty good chops. I mean, he's shown off, you know, he can play a hero. Obviously, he's Icarus, so that kind of mm-hmm. is not the greatest thing ever. And I doubt, again, this is another one. Like, I highly doubt it'll ever happen, but I'm trying to be unique here. His his Icarus and Eternals is the reason why I didn't pick him for Superman. Yeah. he Because he has the look for Superman. He's, I agree, you know, yeah. He's, he's, got the he's look. probably six foot and over. He's got the dark hair. People don't handsome. talk enough about how Clark Kent and Bruce Wayne look a lot alike. Hey, you never know, man. Yeah. I have a couple others, but I'm going to let you like get that. to yours. I, so I had two. Uh, one younger one, one older one, just in case they want to go with an older timeline like Ben Affleck. What they were trying to do there, I think. So for the younger one, I want Aaron Taylor Johnson. Ooh, I, I know, okay. I know he's been talked about for Bond, but I think if you shave the scruff, I mean, obviously he's a good-looking dude. Yeah, uh, he, he has some comedy. If DC wants to kind of mix it up with Marvel, you know, trying Listen, to be fun for the dark selfishly. Selfishly, as a bigger comic book fan than James Bond fan, if he was gonna tie himself to one franchise, I would I much rather it be being Batman. Mm-hmm, 100%. And then if they go older, if they go older, like, in, instead of Batfleck, I want John Hamm. Yes, John Hamm, yes, John yes. Hamm's another guy. He, he kind of, he could pull off that, you know, he's Don Draper and, uh, what's it called? Uh, Money. Oh, uh, Money Heist? No. The, no. The show. Whatever, whatever it was called. I never saw it, but I know he's, like, clean, well-dressed man. He, he can pull off that billionaire look. Yeah. Another He's done some, done some act, uh, action. John uh, Hamm has been like fan casted as Batman for a long yeah. time too. He just so looks I feel so, like he's got the look, man. He's he's a hundred percent got the look. If they want to go older, they should one hundred percent go with him. Um, a couple others I had as Batman were Nicholas mm-hmm. Holt. I don't really, yeah. I'm not really familiar with too much of his work, but I did see him in some fan cast. I looked him up, and I think he mm-hmm. has the look. So I really only know him as Beast from the uh, later X Men. Yeah, and uh, the other one would be Ryan Ryan Guzman or Guzman. He's thirty. I I don't really know much of what he's in either, but he does have the look, and I saw him in a bunch of fan casts, so he must be a little bit decent. And I think something uh, me and you agreed on with with Batman is if they're gonna have Batman, you know, be pat be a. Uh, Battenson in his own universe and cast another Batman for the DCU. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, I, I haven't had any fan. I, I, haven't, I don't have any casting myself for these people. I don't know if you do, and maybe this could be a good transition into it if you do. But uh, they need to differentiate the two Batman by having the DCU Batman have the Bat family. Okay. That's that's what I was thinking with uh, Robert Pattinson. I think he's a little young to go like. Uh, like a like a Dick Grayson. That's why I kind of went with the John Ham here, just in case. He's yeah. an older. You can throw in a Nightwing. You throw in, uh, you know, a Jason Todd. And yeah, that would be. Think. That would be a, a pretty interesting point. I guess you'd have to have a younger Robin to go with a younger Batman. Yeah. Which you He's know it could be some interesting. Teen Titans. Yeah. Like. I just feel like that is the best way to draw a clear line in the sand. But like, this is my Batman. And that Batman, Pattinson's Batman, he is the other Batman. Because I never, I'm glad that James Gunn shut that rumor down of uh, Pattinson being in the DCU because Mm. it just doesn't work, man. It's not tonally, it tonally doesn't work. And like, it falls into that realm of Batman where it's like, this is supposed to be like a take on reality. Like, oh, if Batman really existed. And that all flies out the window when you have flying aliens like coming into let God. Matt Reeves let Matt Reeves at least do his own trilogy. Then if they want to bring him in as Batman, 
Let's go for it. But let give Matt Reeves his own thing. Let him do his trilogy with Pattinson and that Gotham verse. See yeah, I, I completely agree. I'm excited for the shows to come out of that too. The Arkham Asylum yeah. and the Penguin yeah, Show. For sure. So, uh, all right, let's move on to the next one. So I, I would think Flash would be mm-hmm. a pretty uh, good one to move on to next. Yeah. So I would like to hear your – or do you want me to go first or you want to go first? I'll go first with this one. Okay, okay. I want to stick with Ezra Miller. No, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I went with Lucas Till. Uh, okay. Lucas Till, you know, uh, also attached to a Marvel property. He was an X-Men. He uh, played Havoc, I think, uh, the brother of uh, Cyclops. Yeah, I don't think he's really in much. Uh, so he's not he's not a big star, up and coming. He kind of has that look, the uh, tall, slender build that a, a track star would have. Yeah, obviously, I think I'd I think I'd probably go Grant Gustin first, but we've seen him as the Flash and CW for so many years. I think it gets a little weird. Yeah, but yeah, give me give me Lucas Till. No, I I definitely like that. Uh, on this one, I went with one that I think is possible. Uh, mm-hmm. Someone that's not tied to any comic book movies right now, as I, as far as I know, and that is one of the co-stars of Netflix's Stranger Things, Joe Keery. Interesting. He, he has think, that, he has that same build, so I'm in. I'm into that. He's I foggy. think that, I think he's got the the chops, like as far as com- comedic, and you know, mm-hmm. uh, Barry Allen is a funny character. And I don't know. I just think he he's got the look, man. And I know that he can act because I I like it. He's one of my favorite characters in Stranger Things. I've always. Mm-hmm you know, at least liked him in there. And I think that he would knock it out of the park. I would like to see that, you know, I feel like he's young enough. He's 30. He's got the young Mm -hmm. look, you know, he plays a borderline high schooler in stranger things. So I would like to see that. I I think both of our castings on this one are pretty damn good. He he plays a really good role in Molly's game, a Jessica Chastain poker movie from a few years ago. Okay. Very, very small role, but I think solid. Also great musician, by the way. I did hear that. Yeah. He's He has a band, I think. Very good. Uh, okay, so Lucas, what was yours? Uh, Lucas Till, right? Lucas Till, and yeah. uh, Joe Carey for The Flash. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, next up, I guess, uh, I don't know where you were going with this. I, d- I actually don't have one for Wonder Woman. I like just, I'm lost. I'm stumped on it. It's and I, hard. I, I, I would like to hear what yours is. I wish Gal Gadot was a good actress because yeah. look, look wise, she's perfect. She's perfect. She just doesn't have the chops. Yeah. So I want Alicia Vikander. I, just, I was just watching The Man from Uncle the other night. She's in it with Henry Cavill and uh, known cannibal Army Hammer. Um, still, you know, she's a good act, uh, solid actress. Uh, she was really great in Ex Machina, another A24 movie where she kind of like a, like a cyborg type thing. So I'd like to see her uh, take a chance at Diana Prince. But another interesting one yeah, she's got that, the, that she's I've got seen, the Anna de Armas. She's, uh, she's a little petite, I think. I don't know yeah. if she's action like like that with the sword and shield, the lasso. But she also has that uh, uh, that accent, like Brazilian. And I, I know she's Cuban, I think, but you know the Amazons are like Brazilian that well, era. Listen, you're talking to two guys that are in love with uh, Ana de Armas. She's also beautiful, and but, I would love to see her on my screen more. Yeah, but I just I don't I don't think that yeah. fits. And she's know. just too. She's too. She doesn't have the. Tiny. She doesn't have the look. Like it's. Mm-hmm. She just doesn't. And I know earlier I said, oh, characters don't have to look exactly like. But there's an idea of what like Wonder Woman looks like, and it's just it's not Anna de Armas's body yeah. type. She's too small, too short. Like, I'll have to see her in uh, John Wick Four before making a. Yeah, more maybe accurate she, opinion. Maybe she'll oh, prove me wrong. Maybe she's a badass. Who knows? 
Right, who knows? Uh, next, I guess we could go into Green Lantern. Okay, I picked one for both John Stewart and Hal Jordan. Oh, okay, I went with just John Stewart on this one. Um, okay, so I'll go first for John Stewart because he's the Green Lantern I would love to see because he's, he's I the Green Lantern that I grew I, up. Yeah, with. I grew up with him on the Justice League animated series, so sure. like I love John Stewart. Uh, I picked Travante Rhodes. Got Travante it. Rhodes from right. Moonlight, the, the guy that played the yeah. oldest version of Chiron. I think that he has the look. Oh, he also played Mike Tyson in like the recent Hulu Mike Tyson series, yeah, which I, I didn't. That, yeah. I haven't gotten to it, but I from Moonlight, I really was into you know his acting. I think he was pretty good. Mm-hmm. I know I've only seen him in one role, but I really liked him, and I just think he has the perfect look, the perfect demeanor. I saw a lot of. And I don't want to step on your toes here. Michael B. Jordan fan castings for John Stewart, but uh, I just don't know if like. Like, like John Stewart has like that more like stoic, like seriousness about him. And I don't know, not that Michael B. Jordan can't portray that, but I just don't see it as much with him. I feel like Trevante Rhodes did a great job in, you know, acting as the closed off from society version of Chiron, more mm-hmm. like putting on a front and being a little more serious. And I don't know, that's the vibe I get. Uh, I have a number two, but I'm going to wait to see what your number one pick for John Stewart is before I say it, just in case. So I want John David Washington. Oh, okay. That wasn't mine, but that okay. is a very good one. So- he already has a relationship with uh, Warner Brothers. You know, he's the star of Tenet. Uh, DC It's a Warner Brothers property. Why not see him come back in? You know, son of one of the most famous actors of all time, Denzel. Yeah. Uh, so why not give him another blockbuster role? You know. I, I, I agree. I, I wouldn't mind seeing that at all. I think he, he's obviously got the chops for it. Yeah. Um, the actor, this is another one that is not going to happen because this person is tied up by Marvel. But I said Jonathan Majors also. That would have been awesome. Jonathan Majors. I I would have him if he wasn't playing Kang the Conqueror. Yeah, so I won't complain too much because he's going to be awesome as that. Mm -hmm. But uh, him as Green Lantern would have been pretty cool. Who do you have for Hal Jordan? Hal Jordan with Glenn Powell. He was the kind of like the antagonist, I guess, in Top Gun Maverick opposite Miles Teller. I think he's a cool dude. Yeah. up and comer. Uh, I think he, he has the look. He he would be – I liked him in Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen him in much did. else. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think that right. I think that you – do you, you we were both in agreement that if they had to pick one Green Lantern, we're going with John, John Stewart. Stewart. Yeah. You, haven't seen him, you haven't seen him on the big screen yet. He was the one our generation grew up with in Justice League Animated. Uh, and Hal Jordan kind of leaves a pretty shitty taste in your mouth after the Ryan Reynolds movie from – Yeah. Whatever. Maybe, you know, one, separate yourself from that. One, one of the lowest comic book movies uh, rating-wise rating that I have. So that's actually the only, like, uh, ones I have. But uh, I know there's a couple more characters. Mm-hmm. I didn't really I, – I just couldn't figure out Aquaman. And I didn't do any of the villains. I do have an Aquaman. I would love to hear your Aquaman. So my Aquaman was Alexander Skarsgård. Okay. Yeah. You know, I, oh, my God. I love that. He's ripped, you know uh, – and I think it also plays off the Viking, you know, Viking, yeah. they're sea people, you know, they're, they raid you in boats. Why, why not throw them, throw throw them in the, the waters? Yeah. I, he's got the look, he's got the chops. I, that would yeah. be perfect. I mean, it's awesome. I don't see how that wouldn't work off the, one of the biggest movies of 2022. Why not, man? Especially yeah, with yeah, Jason Momoa switching over to Lobo. Hopefully. Get that paycheck. Yeah. And then, and then do you have any more? The last one I had was Cyborg just because okay. I've been, uh, I've been watching Titans, and he was in the last Justice League, so I felt like I had to round that out. Yeah, along with John Boyega. That is, I need John Boyega in more things, man. I know. And I, mean, I feel like you know he's such a big nerd; like he would love it. Yeah. 
Exactly, and he didn't really get his uh, time to shine in Star Wars. He was kind of cut out of Rise of Skywalker. Dude, that was disgusting what they did to his character. They kind of like played him off that he could be a Jedi, whatever, and then just they lay a dud in Rise of Skywalker, and you know what could have been. You know, they uh, spoilers for anyone that hasn't seen you know five year old Star Wars movies, but when the, this is going off topic for a second, but when they were gonna have you know the, the whole second what was it? The last Jedi, they had that whole horrible plot line with, uh, Finn and Rose, but they were going to let, uh, Finn, it looked like he was going to sacrifice himself at the end of that movie, which I feel like would have been a good character moment. But then they have one of the corniest star Wars moments ever where Rose saves him and says something about war. Isn't about killing who we hate. It's about saving who we love or something like that. And then, and then I watched the rise of Skywalker and when Finn was barely in the movie, I said, why the fuck didn't you just let him have his heroic moment then? Like, yeah. at least at least if he died in a heroic way in that movie, it would justify why he's not here. Mm-hmm. Now you're just, you're just wasting a great young actor. Don't even get me started. So, yeah, I love that casting. I would love to see John Boyega get another nerdy role and just something he can uh, embody and just be, in, yeah. be into it. Cool. Why not, you know? Absolutely. All right, so hopefully they listen to some of some of these because I think we did pretty good, and uh, I'm just exci- I'm just excited, oh, man. I'm just excited for DC to get going. Yeah, so am I, man. I'm ready for it. So Marvel ready. needs some competition, like you said. Yeah. All right, so, so I guess draft. next. Oh, go ahead. Let's draft draft our 2023 movies most anticipated. Yes. All right, so we're doing this like a real draft. Uh, uh, I don't know who's gonna pick first. I guess. Do you want to go first, Mike? You got it. All right, I'll go first. Then Mike goes. Then I go. Then Mike goes. And you yeah. know we're not. We can't pick the same two. We can't pick the same movie. Mm-hmm. So it's a true draft. So I'm actually pretty nervous here because I got you know one 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 here. Uh, okay. I, I think there's two really big ones. I think. Yeah. I don't listen, and we could be thinking of different movies, which is the craziest part about this. But no. I think I think one of one. I have to go with Oppenheimer. Okay. I am so excited. Two. Yeah, I'm so excited for. Christopher Nolan's comeback. Uh, the story is interesting. You know, the story of the man who created the nuclear bomb and, you know, the what his life was like and the effect that had on him. Obviously, he has one of the craziest quotes in human history with, I, I am become death destroyer of worlds. And I mean, the cast is loaded. You got a, uh, why am I blank? Uh, I got you right here. The, I got the whole I'm, thing. I'm, why am I blanking on the biggest, yeah. Killian Murphy. Killian Murphy, Robert Downey Jr., Florence Pugh, Jack Quaid from The Boys, Matt Damon, Remy Malek, Emily Blunt, Josh Peck, Josh, Josh Peck, David Desmalchin, Benny Safdie, Gary Oldman, Casey Affleck, Jason Clark, Alden Ehrenreich, who played Han Solo, <laughs> Dane DeHaan, who played Green Goblin in the very forgettable yep, yep. Spider-Man 2, Gustav Skarsgård, who played Floki in Vikings. Uh, have you seen Vikings? Nah. Incredible character in Vikings. Then Matthias Schweighofer. He was in Army of the Dead, the Zack Snyder yeah. zombie movie last year. But that cast is loaded. And so Christopher a, Nolan. Yeah, oh. with a cast like that, Christopher Nolan's comeback, the story it's based off of, and the fact that they said he really blew up a huge bomb to recreate a nuclear no bomb. No CGI. I mean, Christopher no, Nolan is known for... Desert, just blowing up a nuke, man. He's known for doing crazy shit like that. I'm pretty sure one of the crazy things he's done is he had the world's most expensive camera... And he threw it out of a plane in Dunkirk. Yes. So Four, it was like uh, a million dollar singular. Yeah. So and, I will happily take my first pick as Oppenheimer. I'm going Dune part two. Okay. okay Dune that, yeah. My favorite movies of 2021. So Dune part two, Denny Villeneuve. I'm a simp for him. 
He's so he's great. He's so yeah, good. He, I think he has outside of Nolan and Tarantino, he might have the best filmography out of uh, active directors. You know, you got Arrival, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, Sicario. You got Enemy, Dune one, he, he, Prisoners yeah. does not miss. No, he the Prisoners man. Every single one of those movies I just listed. That's I think Enemy I have around like eight seven ish, but everything else is safely nine point five and above. Yeah, all of them are Trent Menace movies. Dune one was awesome. Yeah, you bring, you're bringing back Chalamet. You're bringing back Batista in a small role. Stellan Skarsgård and Rebecca Ferguson, uh, Josh Brolin, uh, then you and Javier Bardem. Then you're bringing back Zendaya, who played a very minor role, but now she's going to bring up a big role now that she's actually part of the main cast. But then you add Austin Butler, who's coming off his huge Elvis performance. You're bringing back Florence, or you're bringing in Florence Pugh. Then you're bringing in Christopher Walken to play the Yeah, episode. yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see Christopher Walken. The first one came out, like, the tail end of Pandemic. Uh, theaters weren't really popping off, so I waited until HBO Max release. This yeah. one, you can bet your ass, opening week, I'm going to be there. I was lucky enough to go see... Dune was the first movie I ever saw on IMAX, and it was one hell of an experience, man. It was, it was beautiful, and I will definitely be back in IMAX for the second one. First time I watched it was in my little, you know, my 35-inch bedroom TV. Like, oh, shit, this is good. The, the next night, I'm like, Mom, let's watch this movie, Dune. It's incredible. Put it on the our big 70-inch TV downstairs, yep. surround sound. Had to do it right. Such a good movie. All right, so Oppenheimer and then Dune 2. Yep. All right, so well, next up is me. And I have, I have so many here that I would love to pick. They're, it's all so close. But I think I'm going to go with Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was one of the like most surprising movie experiences I've had in a while. Uh, I remember going to the movie, not really thinking it was going to be much. I remember watching the trailer and being like, oh, the animation's cool. Like They're making a Miles Morales movie. That's pretty cool. I went and saw it, really thinking nothing of it. Like I went with my family. And it's straight up, it's the best Spider-Man movie that's ever been made. Like, and I don't even think it's relatively close. Like, you know, Spider-Man 2, goaded movie. But mm. this movie is the best Spider-Man story ever told. The performances are so great uh, everywhere. No one misses, uh, specifically, Nicolas Cage as Spider-Man Noir was hilarious. It just, the next movie, the concept of all the different Spider-Man you can ever imagine, like, coming into the movie. 160-something or something. Yeah, I mean, you see the Insomniac Spider-Man from the video game. Spectacular Spider-Man. Spider-Punk with Daniel Kaluuya. You got uh, Oscar Isaac's uh, Spider-Man 99. Era, yep. So, fun stuff. That movie is going to kick ass, and I am so excited. That's another one, man. I would love to see it in IMAX if possible. I mean, the visuals were great on the first one. It's so much fun with the comic book element, and it just looks like it was taken directly off of a comic book page. Mm -hmm. Uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is one of my favorite movies of all time, so I would be hard-pressed not to pick this in the second round here. I'm all about it. So I'm going to go Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Okay, okay. That was one of the hard ones. Cinco de Mayo, uh, James Gunn's final Marvel movie before he leaves completely for DC. Uh, It's going to be the send-off for some of the characters we've grown to love. Got to be emotional. Yeah, we said earlier, Batista... This is the last MCU movie, so no more Drax. You can only assume Rocket's gone. Maybe we get 
uh, some more Chris Pratt, Star-Lord in the future Avengers movies, maybe. I won't bank on it, but... And then it's going to introduce us to Adam Warlock, played by Will Poulter. Which I'm really yeah. excited to see. At, yeah, Will Poulter, man. He's actually got some pretty good chops. He's oh, yeah. he's it looks good as Adam Warlock, you know, from the little scene we get in the trailer. Uh, everything about it looks great, man. The trailer looks fun. Um, you know, we've, as we've learned to come from Guardians movies, I, obviously it's, this one's going to pull in the emotional heartstrings a little bit. This is James Gunn's basically farewell to Marvel as he goes to head DC. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for a fun, emotional, jam-packed movie that should be a good way to get, you know, the next... I know it's not the first movie in the next phase, but just get the next phase rolling, man. Oh, yeah. So uh, my next pick will be coming. It'll be a good segue from yours. And speaking of, you know, getting into the next phase, my next pick will be Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Uh, obviously, you know, Ant-Man, his movies have been, you know, fairly low stakes and they're fun. And Paul Rudd is just awesome. Mm-hmm. And you like it as like, you know, its own little story that isn't like directly like tied in with the rest of the MCU. Uh, that couldn't be any further from the truth with this one coming up. This one is going to have extremely high stakes as it is literally going to introduce us to like essentially the next Thanos in uh, Kang the Conqueror. Obviously, we saw, you know, Jonathan Majors playing He Who Remains in Loki, and it's not exactly the same character. So this will be the first time we get to see Kang the Conqueror. Mm-hmm. So, like, I mean, it's hard to not get excited to see, like, the first look at the next guy that might be the villain of the MCU for, you know, the next five, six years. Oh, yeah. I'm all about it. I'm excited for that too. That is Bill Murray in a Bill Murray in MCU movie. Yep. A little interesting, but let's do it. That's definitely my. I would say I'm a little bit more excited for Guardians. That is definitely my number two, like most anticipated Marvel project, like upcoming. So yeah. I am very excited to see that. All right, where am I gonna go here? I'm gonna go with. I mentioned it earlier when we were talking about the Ocean's Eleven reboot. I'm going with Barbie. Okay, okay. I was waiting to see which one of us is going to get the Barbie opens, first. Opens the same night as Oppenheimer for now, July 21st. That's got to change. One of them is going to have to move because then the Someone's week after budget. that, July 28th, I believe, is the Marvels. So someone's got to move to that July 14th spot maybe. But Barbie, you know, you got this another stack cast. Greta Gerwig, who's an up-and-coming female director. Uh, you know, you got Margot Robbie and Gosling, you got Simu Liu, you know, you just got this awesome cast. It's a crazy concept, but based off what I've seen from behind the scenes, the trailer. Or Dude, I the trailer the- mirroring 2001 A Space Odyssey was like so, something that was not the most unexpected thing in the world. Yeah. I, I, people are going to be lining up with their daughters. But I'm, I'll be sitting right there, too. And I'll wear a pink shirt. If I, I, do. I have a big Maybe feeling. Who knows? But I'm I have ready. a. I have a big feeling this movie is going to make a ton of money because I feel like it's going to have a similar uh, thing happen to it. Like the minions, the rise of Gru, where people go like as a joke, like I Mm -hmm. feel like it's going to be a good movie. So don't take this the wrong way. I'm excited, very excited to see it actually funny enough. You know, I never thought I'd say that about a Barbie movie, but like, I feel like people are going to do that whole tick uh, TikTok trends where they go and it's all the boys and like 27 tickets to Barbie. Like, I feel like they're going to have a lot of success like because of like memes and shit. I really yeah. feel like that could happen. It could be. I'm excited for it. I think it'll be cool. Yeah, no, I definitely am. Uh, okay, so for my fourth pick, I am going to go John Wick Chapter 4. 
Okay. Uh, I recently, I'm going to talk about it a little bit more when we get to our recommendations, but I've recently just watched the John Wick movies for the first time as well. I just watched uh, part three last night. It was my part three personally was my favorite of the three because the the first one is definitely like the best, like straight up movie. Like it's a great plot. It's a great idea. The second one, it kind of, it like leans more into like the silliness a little bit. I think the third one, while still, you know, taking itself fully seriously, there are moments of like silliness and just like, just so badass and the, the action is so awesome. And like, it's just hard to walk, like walk away from that movie and like not be entertained as fuck. Keanu Reeves is a staple of the action, like genre between this and the matrix. It's just, so I, I, I'm very excited. I think the third one ended on a pretty like solid, I wouldn't say cliffhanger, but like good, like, Oh, like fuck, let's go. I'm excited for this next movie. So I am very excited because I think also the third movie did a great job of like opening up the world of John Wick where you learn more about these other assassins and the, you learn about the underworld more. So I'm I'm assuming that they're just going to go deeper and deeper into that as these movies go on. And I think we're kind of like witnessing right now like in real time like the birth of like a classic of the action genre like the way we look back on you know – friggin' lethal weapon and shit like one day like people will look back on john wick and be like wow like what a moment those movies were because they're just they're good man they're just flat out good i have all of them rated at least a four i gave the last one a five just because it's fucking perfect for what it is it's something you could like make like 10 movies of kind of like a fast and the furious or mission impossible yeah man just let it keep going eventually it'll tail off and maybe the story doesn't go anywhere but it's gonna be fun action popcorn films they make a shit ton of money so yeah. why not? Why not just keep riding that I'm out? I'm sure. I'm sure when you watch the third one, I'd, I'd love to hear your take. But I, it's you'll yeah. love it. The, the action is so much fun. Uh, I think our friend Pat alluded, alluded to it in our group chat a little bit. Like they do, they lean into a little bit different types of fighting, and it's mm-hmm. awesome, man. As long as they keep it up, I, I don't see why this this movie wouldn't be great. So yeah, John Wick Four. I'm excited to see Hiroyuki Sonata in that. As I said er- earlier, put give that man a katana and just let him rock. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Roll with it. Let's see. I have one that has not been talked about in a while. Okay. Martin Scorsese is back. Killers of the Flower Moon. Yep. I think it's an Apple. It's going to be Apple TV. Yeah, this is the one with Leo, correct? Yeah, so it's going to. It stars Leo. Brendan Fraser's all the way back. There we go. Bobby De Niro and Jesse Plemons. Yeah, that movie's going to be awesome. I haven't heard any hype about it, but I was scrolling through movies. It doesn't even have a release date yet. It's supposed to be coming in 2023. I think it got shelved because of the pandemic. It's an, int- it's an interesting kind of uh, like a, uh, what do you call it? It's like a biopic, true crime type thing. Uh, members of the Asagi tribe in the United States are murdered under mysterious circumstances in the 1920s. And it sparks a major FBI investigation involving J. Edgar Hoover, who was previously uh Leonardo DiCaprio played J. Edgar Hoover in a previous movie. He's not playing him in this. Right. Uh, but it's just a cool concept, uh, seeing Scorsese back. It's, it's Scorsese, man. He's not going to miss. Leo. You just, you, it's going to be good. Exactly. If, it, like, if it's not, I will eat my words, but I have very high hopes for Killer uh, There's almost no chance that movie isn't awesome. Like, that cast, that director, uh, it's hard to miss with that, you know? Definitely. All right, so for my next one, my final pick, I'm in between two here and i'm really stuck but i think i'm gonna go with one that is maybe a little bit more like outside the box here i know it's a movie we actually already mentioned but i'm gonna go with the super mario's movie it was on my list mario bros like listen i know that it's a meme you know with chris uh what's chris 
Chris Pratt, his voice. Mushroom Kingdom. Yeah, so, like, that could suck, but, like, dude, Jack Black as Bowser sounds awesome. He sounds so good in that the, trailer. The animation looks fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack Black sounds like he's going to knock it out of the park. Listen, I'm not going to, like, bank too much on this being great, but I'm going to go see it, and you know what? I hope it is great because it would be nice to have a fun little Mario cartoon yeah. movie. Why not? Why not? Why can't we get two great video game properties turned into... Exactly. Solid adaptations in the same year, right? So, yeah, I'll go with the Super Day Mario Bros. Luigi, there'll be some laughs. There's going to be some yeah. laughs. So, Super Mario Bros. for my fifth and final pick. So, I'm going to round it out with the last DCEU movie. I'm just going to go Aquaman 2. Okay. How are we going to end this thing? It's just going to be like, what are you going to do? Like, the timing is so awkward that that's coming after the Flash movie. Exactly. I wanted to pick the if the Flash was the last one, I would have had that squarely in my top five. I think just to see if they, you know, they reset the whole timeline, and maybe they like throw us like a sneak peek of sorts. Yeah. Teaser post credit showing uh, something for James Gunn's DCU. But I liked Aquaman the first one enough. I mean, it made yeah, it was fun. Made a billion dollars at the box office. Uh, and a little homage, you know, final send off for Jason Momoa in the role before he hopefully for the third time, I yeah. think we're saying it before he becomes Lobo. Yep. I think it'll be fun. Uh, yeah, I like the first one. Definitely. Did you have any, uh, honorable mentions at all? Like I have one that just missed my list. So it's, I, w- I was going through the list and maybe I just don't know the smaller films coming out next year yet like the the fablemans and yeah all those uh it's a very big blockbuster year uh i i haven't gotten into india indiana jones yet but obviously indiana jones 5 is coming there's a new transformers coming oh god for the most part they haven't been great but you know it's a huge franchise uh blue beetle it's another dc movie but you know, yeah. you don't know much about the character. It has no link to the previous DCEU. All I know is the poster is cool as fuck. Yeah. And he, he, maybe that actor stays. Maybe that character stays. Maybe it's a one-off. Yeah. Two uh, two movies that I'm uh, that just missed my list. One of them is Creed Three. Mm-hmm. I am like pretty. I I'm a sucker for the Rocky movies. I grew up on the Rocky movies. My mom is the biggest fan of the Rocky movies. Mm-hmm. Rocky one is like one of my favorite movies ever, and I'm a big fan of both Creed movies. And uh, Michael B. Jordan's directorial debut. You know, you got Jonathan Majors coming in as an antagonist. Like, I, I don't know. I'm just I I'm sucker for those movies. I'm very excited to see that. I think Jonathan Majors will kill it. And then another one that I had, I haven't gotten into this franchise, much like you said, you haven't gotten into Indiana Jones yet, but uh, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part yeah. 1. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be getting into that series probably next uh, after I finish. Well, I just finished John Wick, so now I can definitely start watching Mission Impossible movies. Yeah. So, hey, I, I'm excited because I feel like it'll line up pretty perfectly. I get into those movies now, and that one comes out, you know, June or July, and I get to go see it, you know, on the biggest screen I can find. Exactly. And, you know, I feel like I have to pay my respects to Tom Cruise for putting his life on the line with these crazy stunts. Oh, yeah, he's a madman. He is a psychopath. He will not be happy until he dies doing these stunts. I had one other sleeper later in the year, new Wonka movie. The Tim- Dude. Tim- Chalamet. I had that on my list, too, but I didn't, like, I didn't say yeah. it. it was, I think I had it just outside my top ten as an honorable mention. I think it could be different. Uh Johnny, the Johnny Depp version, while it may not be great, I did enjoy him in the role. I think it was kind of quirky and weird and right yeah. up his alley. 
Chalamet's becoming this world class actor. Why yeah, not? Yeah, Chalamet's one of the guys of this generation. It's hard, gonna be hard to live up to Gene Wilder, obviously, but yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, I didn't know that a Willy Wonka backstory was something I'd be interested in, but hey, here we are. I'll watch it. Right. All right, so I guess, you know, before we wrap up, we should give uh, our weekend six-pack, which is going to be three recommendations from each of us. And uh, I think we should – I know we both – it worked out this way for us, but uh, definitely, you know, we'll always make sure they're on streaming so you guys can check them out and you don't have to use any other websites. But, uh, yeah, this this week we'll uh, share it with you and I'll put them out on social media. So uh, we can go back and forth here. Mike, if you want to start us off, what's your first recommendation of the weekend? I'm going to start off with another round. It's a a Mads Mikkelsen banger. Another 2020 movie, I believe. It's in, uh, it's a foreign film. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen plays, he's like a high school teacher. Him and his buddies want to do a little experiment with alcohol. How far can you take it before you're an alcoholic? Can alcohol improve your life? Yeah. Really fun movie, but it also shows like, you know, just a bunch of friends. Uh, Then you you see how it kind of changes their lives. But the final scene, they're, they're just they just accept it. They're drinking, they're dancing. Just, yeah, one of my it's it's on my list. I definitely want to check it out very soon. I know it's on Hulu, so maybe I'll even get to it tonight. Who knows? No. Um, number one for me, just to get this out of the way, because we just talked about it a little bit. John Wick. If you mm-hmm. haven't gotten into the John Wick series as a whole, like just watch the first John Wick movie and tell me it isn't just a boatload of fun, kick ass. And like this isn't a spoiler, everybody knows it. Like when that when that dog dies, you want John Wick to go get his revenge for that dog, and goddamn it, he does it. Single member of that Russian mafia. Yeah. So John Wick, it's a basic pick, but like if you haven't gotten into it, just just watch it and just have so much fun. Exactly. So I went with another recent movie that I watched. I mentioned it earlier when talking about Wonder Woman and Alicia Vikander, The Man from Uncle. It's uh, based on a very older movie. Uh, it's Henry Cavill with one of the greatest names in movie history, Napoleon Solo. That's <laughs> then it, so it's him with Army Hammer. They're two spies. They team together to take down uh, a Nazi scientist making a nuke. So kind of the antithesis of Oppenheimer. Yeah. Kind of cool. Uh, I had it in 8.3. It's just a fun little action comedy. Henry Cavill showed off some comedy chops. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. That's another one I haven't seen yet. So, hey, listen, your six-pack is uh, helping me out, so whatever. Uh, Next up, I have another one on HBO Max. It's called This Place Rules. It is a documentary-slash-movie produced by A24, made by Andrew Callahan from – people might know him from YouTube. He does – he was from All Gas, No Breaks, and then Channel 5. He does – it's a documentary about the January 6th insurrection and kind of the events that led up to it, and uh, it's just – it's like it, it's one of those things that teeters on funny and like incredibly sad, but it is just an incredibly well-made documentary. It's a good look into, you know, the things around it and like what uh what like echo chambers can do to people and you know the 24-hour media cycle and how dangerous it can be and how people get trapped in rabbit holes and do all types of crazy shit. Like there's a lot of QAnon stuff. There's clips floating around on uh social media of a scene where uh, Andrew confronts a guy who is a convicted pedophile. You know, because the guy's talking about how much he hates pedophiles. And it's just one of those scenes you have to watch it. Just the whole thing. It's funny. It's sad. It's a little slice of reality, which I know not everyone wants. But I recommend it to everyone. Truly, it's one of the greatest documentaries I've ever seen. Let's go. For my my third pick, I picked a series. 
There's only one season out now, but season two is coming next week. Vikings Valhalla. The original Vikings, uh, the story of Ragnar Lothbrok and his uh, his sons, the Great Summer Army, when the Vikings invaded England for the first time. It's one of my top ten movies of all time, probably. Uh, so Vikings Valhalla, uh, a couple hundred years later, follows uh, Leif Erikson. You'll know the name if you saw SpongeBob. You know, Leif Erikson Day. So it's a story. It's a series about that real Viking. Uh, you know, the original uh, discoverer. I wouldn't say founder, but he discovered North America. Uh, so yeah, he's, he's you know he's a cool cool character. Uh, and Vikings, it's one of my favorite time periods. For ever. sure. Got to check that one out. And then to round out my list is a Netflix, not a Netflix movie, but a movie on Netflix. We talked about it earlier. Uh, Danny Villanueva's Prisoners. Um, honestly, I didn't. I just watched it within the last like six months. I didn't realize like it wasn't that well known of a movie <laughs> up until kind of recently. I heard it wasn't that great at the box office. It kind of was like a. It came and went, and now it's kind of having a resurgence. I mean, you got Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, what's his name, Hugh, Hugh Jackman, and uh, Paul Dano, all just master classes. Uh, Viola Davis is in there, I believe. Uh, Terrence Howard, like there, it's just a gr- it's a fantastic cast. It's one of the best thrilling thrillers you will ever see. It's just if you like crime thrillers and that kind of stuff, you will you will love this movie. It's it's yeah. like five out of five for me, I believe. Just a fantastic movie. I'm very obsessed with it. To be honest, it's one of my favorites. So good. Like I said, Denny Denny's one of my favorite directors and working right now. Definitely check that if you get a chance. He's one of the the best of the new the new generation for sure. Director for sure. All right. So it seems like that's it for today, uh, Mike. It was very good to finally get this going. Amen. And uh, sure. like. Like we said, everyone that listened, you know, we'll have uh, this kind of stuff every week. You know, some movie reviews, some TV reviews, just talking about the news, talking about what we've been watching, giving out some recommendations for you guys. Just all that kind of stuff. Just like, you know, kicking the shit about what's going on in the entertainment world. Just have a little fun. Give a watch a little movies. Nothing wrong with that. But uh, Mike, if there's anything else you want to say before we go. Yeah, let's just drop our letterbox so that uh, viewers can see, you know, they can keep track of our. Uh, you know what we're watching they can see our reviews on things we've recently watched i just want to drop mine first m johnston 0880 uh you know i think i have uh about 650 movies logged on there yeah you put in work yeah just just dropped uh my first couple of reviews recently uh man from uncle included part of our six pack go check that out yep and you'll find me at the lobo 12 v l o b o 12 uh, yeah, definitely fun. We'll be dropping, you know, graphics on uh, social media, stuff like that. You know, Mike is a, a talented guy over there working uh, with some templates. But uh, uh-huh. all right. Anyway, you know, we appreciate you guys listening and we're excited to get this going. Keep it going. You know, uh, get some momentum. You know, this is the first episode. So, you know, it's only up from here, right? Hey, just two dudes that love movies and TV. Just trying to have some fun. Exactly. All right, guys. So uh, we will talk to you very soon. Uh, keep up with our social media, by the way, uh, real quick, I guess, right before we sign off. We are on Twitter at box office underscore pod. Uh, we'll, you know, announce there when our next episodes are coming and all that good stuff. So, uh, Mike, it's been a pleasure and we will talk to you guys soon. See you later. All right, see you.